On today's episode of Locked On Avalanche, Ross Colton avoids suspension, but he does get fined. Uh, we will preview the Avalanche and Kraken. And what's still on our minds after that Devils and Avalanche game, which had the Avalanche winning that 6-3. to three. New episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There we go. There we go. How are we doing, everybody? Welcome to the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on X, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Avalanche at gmail.com. Follow us on our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live, and definitely subscribe to our subtext as well. Link to that is in the show notes below, and when you do, you become a very special insider for Kyle and I. You chat with uh, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom and myself one-on-one and give predictions and anything else that's on your mind that gets read on the air like we will do later on when we are previewing uh, the Avalanche and the Seattle Kraken. Uh, where we're going to start today, good sir, is kind of going back to that as in Devils game. And we'll start with the Ross Colton situation because it did come down that he avoided suspension, which I kind of thought would happen. And I mentioned it in yesterday's episode how because he was given the, the game misconduct, that kind of served as some sort of suspension. And I didn't think they were going to go any further than that. And they didn't. They gave him uh, the $5,000 fine, which is the maximum that they can give him, which is like change in the couch cushions for, for these guys. So he gets that. I mean, I, I don't have any issue with that whatsoever. I, I mean, it, again, I don't think he intended for the for his stick to go where it went with Timo Meyer, which is into his face, but it did, and you gotta pay the piper if that's what happens. Yeah, <clears throat> when the dust settled on that hit, and I well, it's kind of a two-pronged instance. You can't just say it's the hit, it was the whole situation. It was the Luke Hughes hit and then the Timo Meyer high stick. Yeah, like, Finding him for the hit. Yeah, it's it's They're- it was a whole instance. It's, if right. you're going to look at one, you got to look at the other because it all kind of fed Comes into together. each other. Yeah. And like a day removed from that, it's just kind of, it was a hockey baby. And yeah, you're, you absolutely nail it. Like the game misconduct kind of was enough. And honestly, that fine, that team, that roster, that locker room, they probably all just pitched in in the locker room and said hey we got you bud that was good and honestly it might be like we mentioned it kind of briefly yesterday in the episode this might be a little like turning point lightning rod little moment of like because we were talking about individual performances and like how this team needs to band together and for somebody like ross colton ross colton and miles wood the game that they both had this was something they could rally behind and that showed Mm. life like we mentioned, like Kale McCarr fighting with the refs over the yeah. whole instance. Like you could see that team sticking up for each other, right? And that was their first like 
instance and visualization of a team. So honestly, I, I they probably all just pitched in and said, hey, bud, thanks for firing us up. We needed that win. And we go on business as usual. And Kel McCarr said that. He said prior to that game that, you know, we, we got to have some guys stepping up a little bit more in the locker room, which translates to on the ice as well. <clears throat> and I think he saw that opportunity. I think he saw that moment to go to bat for for his guy. And even though when you know it's not going to lead anywhere, you still speak up because the guys on the bench see that. Yep. Right. So, um, yeah, I think for the fine, I think everybody's OK with it. But I think a lot of people are also asking, you know, the, the whole what about ism. And whenever there's a fine that comes or, or a suspension that comes, everybody you, I love reading the comments on, you know, X. It's like, what about this guy? And I think there's some legitimacy here to what about Dougie Hamilton? Yeah, I didn't like that at all, Kyle. Not not one bit. And and to me, it was like I completely understand how you're going to want to have a dust up. Right. Your guy got hit. It was a, a hard hit. And that's where we are with, with the, the sport of hockey. Like, even though it could be the most legal hit you've ever you've ever seen, if it's if there's a little bit of extra oomph into it, guys are going to, you know, get into a scrum. Yeah. I get it. Um, but the way that it happened with Hamilton, that was a cheap shot. It was dirty. It was uncalled for. It was dangerous. It was check all the boxes of what that was or was not. And yeah, he gets a, a penalty on it. But, you know, if you're saying, if we're sitting here saying like, oh, that could have been a suspension for Ross Colton, but it wasn't because they they kicked him out for the game. But then they went revisited it and still gave him a fine. Okay, well, you gave Hamilton a penalty for what he did. And you're saying like, that's enough. You're, you're not saying there, there shouldn't be anything extra for what he did. Did not like it one bit. And to not get, looked at at all by department of player safety first of all it's kind of on brand uh and second of all is kind of shameful because that was just as dangerous and that was intentional yeah. what colton did was accidental mm. and he's deserving of the fine what hamilton did was intentional and he gets away scot-free i don't really like that yeah and i <clears throat> i think ross colton is a little bit of a victim of the uh social media firestorm and honestly the vapid nature of anything of that instance for the avalanche because when it comes to the ross colton hit and that whole sequence it's just basically like summed up to that 30 second clip that drives social media as we know it as you have to check this out ross colton loses his mind on the new jersey mm -hmm. devils and the league's not gonna like that they yeah. don't want somebody losing their mind and you can sum up honestly dougie hamilton's been playing since 1881 <laughs> this is kind of on brand for him mm -hmm. and it's, it's one of those that it's just nor it's towing the line of dirty and typical oh definitely but it's kind of swept under the rug and forgotten about when it comes to the ross colton quote unquote for all the audio listeners there are air quotes in the air yeah like the ross colton losing his mind and everybody just kind of clicking and sharing that i feel like that is something the league wanted to push down a little bit and say, hey, we can't have guys going out here and going just bananas on everybody. Mm. The Dougie Hamilton thing, you're going to get night in, night out, and some guys make a career out of it. Yeah. 
Um, you had Colton in practice. Um, a few people who follow who, who follow the Avalanche, you know, like kind of behind the scenes guys, had put up that he was talking on the sidelines with uh, Jared Bednar and very apologetic. It's one of those things where he was like, uh, he said he was like sick to his stomach because if the Avalanche ends up losing that game, he would have taken that to yeah. heart, taken that personally. So I think he learns from it somehow. I mean, I think he's still going to defend himself. Um, but, you know, I think maybe he just has maybe just a little bit more tighter grip on that stick the next time someone's coming after him and just kind of cautious of just keep it low. Don't go high with the thing. So uh, so he st- gets to stay in the game because he was he was a big part of that game up until he got kicked out. And, you know, it's fun. Like Ross Colton has been more physical and more of a threat than Curtis McDermott has in about a year and a half. Are we, are we surprised there? Not really. Uh, I'm, I'm just really. putting that out there into the yeah. ether for everybody yeah. who says anytime but, the abs get roughed up, it's time to put in McDermott. We're fine. Even even in getting kicked out of the game, I think that was like a somewhat of like a coming out party for Ross Colton and the the Avalanche fan base. Right. And for for Miles Wood as well. We we yeah. kind of expected it to come from Miles Wood just from the way that guy is is constructed and how he plays. Colton is a little bit different, but he still plays very hard. And you saw it. And I think maybe even that added to it for you know the fan base to be like, that's my guy. I I can get behind a guy like that. So I think for the you know, two of the new guys and even uh Johansson who who had a goal in the game. Yeah, all the new guys just that maybe collectively that was like okay that was maybe at, when the season's over we can look back at that game and say that's where most of them you still got issues with drew and tatar is you know still up in the air but for those three guys who you're expecting so much from that was a turning point where they really settled in so i really want to see what happens in this cracking game what, what, what can they do next what do they follow that performance up with against seattle so i think it, that was good for them that's a valid point because you don't want Miles Wood to become the new PE Belmar, where he only had his incredible games against Vegas. Like you want <laughs> Miles Wood to have a great game against somebody other than his former team. So yeah, mm-hmm. that this cracking game. Let's see if they could build off this momentum. Uh, more than I want to talk about with this game, especially comments from Kale McCarr had a pretty interesting quote. Um, and Georgiev, what are we looking for? For him going forward, is he going to play this game against Seattle? We don't know yet, but uh, we will talk about that coming up next. Right now, we are going to discuss Jace Medical. And Kyle, we live in uncertain times. I don't think there's any question about that. We never know when the next pandemic is going to pop up, when the next hurricane is going to come around. Wildfires are always a thing. It's just an uncertain world that we live in. And you never know when you're going to be removed from your house, from your loved ones, even your medications. So Jace Medical has made this easy. They provide five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And all it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form. In some cases, jump on a quick call uh, with one of our board-certified physicians. And you get ongoing care from your physicians on any treatment-related questions doctor-created Doctor recommended. So don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. 
So if you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it is offered to you. And remember to use the promo code locked on NH, or excuse me, just locked on, just locked on for $20 off of your purchase over at jacemedical.com. Uh, Kale McCarr, I thought had a pretty interesting quote. I think it was kind of harmless. It was right after the game. Um, and this it, is not like bulletin board material or anything like that. But he was just kind of talking about the game and just saying, like, that's how we want to play. We want to play that hard-nosed game, that fast game. Um, and then he said, you know, he acknowledged that the Devils were down two very big players in Hughes and and, uh, and Heischer. And he kind of that flowed into the comment of saying, like, I think it'll be very interesting the next time we play these guys. I took that as twofold. Yeah, it'll be interesting if they have those two guys back, which you would expect they would, because next time they play is in February. And I also took that as, like, maybe there's unfinished business between these two teams and what went down in that second period. So maybe it's just going to be in the back of their heads, because you're not playing them for another three months, and maybe by then everything's blown over, and maybe Pepperidge Farm does forget. Um, but sometimes hockey players don't. And, you know, maybe Timo Meyer won't forget that. I don't think because Timo Meyer never got a chance to to get back at Colton, obviously, because he got thrown out. So I while what I think McCarr was saying it'd be interesting to see when we match up with these guys because they'll have those two guys back. I also thought it meant unfinished business is is still on the card on the table here for the cards. You know, for everything that game was, it was incredible. Um, it it was physical, and all the moves the Avalanche made in the offseason, I mean, it led up to this moment, one of these games where, like, the acquisitions of Wood and Colton and Rijo, like, it, mm-hmm. you built the team for games like this. I'm also curious, like, unfinished business. Like, Meyer, he got his, he got his kind of, I guess, justice by tallying a goal in that second period. But I'm also curious what this, like Kale McCarr, I'm looking at it kind of in a flip. Like, he sure and Jack Hughes, that's that's your leadership. Sure. Those are your those are your guys. So I wonder if when they come back, they say, hey, we weren't a part of this the first time, and this is not how we play, because the Devils aren't really a Goonie team. Like, they're mm-hmm. honestly the Eastern Conference version of the Avalanche. Like, mm-hmm. homegrown t- talent and building leadership that way. So I'm curious to see if it's the same type of physical play or if it's more of a running gun style, which was anticipated if the, both these rosters were hundred percent. Yeah. So we'll see. I think uh, it'll get brought up. I'm sure the next time that they play, but not as, like I said, I don't think any of it is like bulletin board material. I think it's just players policing themselves. And, and if there is any, carry over from that maybe there's just a little uh, you know a little scrum when when the game starts between the two of them i don't know we'll see but i i do look forward to a game where you the devils are 100 percent and have hughes and have he's because they definitely make it i mean hughes is probably the early favorite right now is for, for the heart i know we're only a dozen games into the season but dude was on fire so magical run so far. yeah he's been great um alexander georgiev we didn't talk about him a ton yesterday but you know uh i I thought it was a good game by him and we don't know if he's going to be starting for the crack and i mean do you feel that he will i mean jed benner has always said like i'm not basing when i'm going to give him rest or, or i am basing it just on like how often we're playing 
And for a lot of November, it's day off game, day off game. You have a couple times in there where you have two days in a row off. And because that's happened now, I would expect him to play against Seattle. I'm not buying into this whole like he's tired thing. And I just feel like Jared Benner wants to have him play his struggles out. Yeah. And he feels like he can correct those struggles playing, not sitting. And I agree with that. But um, again, it is up in the air if he's he's going to be starting against a crack. And I would guess that he is for those reasons because you got a couple of days off here. So why not? And the way the schedule lines up, you have the cracking game tonight. And then you have St. Louis. And then Seattle again. Okay. And when's the Dallas game? Is that next weekend? You have the next couple games. You have St. Louis, you have Seattle, Anaheim, then Dallas. Okay. So that's not, yeah. So you do want to kind of time this where he's obviously playing the Dallas game. Yes. Right. So I would would play him tonight and then give him the rest Monday on the next time you play Seattle and let him be rested for that Dallas game that's coming up after that. Yeah. He's going to want to be rested for that. So, Um, but I thought for this game, you'd see him slowly get it like, there were a couple goals there that were just very different. They weren't, I didn't think they were bad goals given up by him. So overall, I, th- I thought he, I thought he did well and he didn't let things get out of hand. He didn't give up four. Yeah. Four has been the worst number for the avalanche so far this year. And, and he kept him at three. So I would say that's a positive. And I think it was that first one. That was a bad angle beat. Uh, mm-hmm. It was almost like 90 degrees. It's you take that shot 10 times. I think you maybe hit it. Yeah one it's so just say like two three it wasn't four so that's good and a superior mm-hmm. offensive talent like they're yeah, one of the better offensive teams the avalanche have faced so far so you could see him improving that's another reason i would put him in it gets the kraken the kraken are kind of reeling a little bit so let him re- go for maybe one goal maybe mm-hmm zero without saying the word like <laughs> you you want to see him like really tighten it up and build off that so i don't think he's playing that bad as far as this game as a whole kind of put a, a bow on that what what is the one thing that you are taking away from from this game from the devils a, a day removed from it two days removed from it and say like that's 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 a good thing and that's what i want them to continue on we have almost had two episodes about the game last night Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen tallied goals, and it's not who we're talking about. Who would have thought we're doing a Locked On Avalanche episode talking about Ryan Johansson, Ross Colton, and Miles Wood more than we're talking about Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen and Kale McCarr. That's the fantastic (laughs) wealth of riches that the Avalanche have right now, and you can rely on those guys when needed, but Mm -hmm. you're getting scoring from the top three lines, and that's exactly what you want. And that's how this avalanche team was built. So everything is beginning to work. Uh, is it just too easy to talk about them all the time? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, I don't want to take them for granted at all. We have three of the top 10 players in the league. And uh, I mean, I think we, we talk about them plenty, but um, the, but the funny thing is that what I was going to say, what I took out of this was all the players that bounced back yeah. after that Vegas game. You know, we we talked about uh, Val Nechuskin. Oh, I thought he played a, a great game following a horrible game. Yeah, You did. You had Nathan McKinnon, who was flying. You had Miko Rantanen with three points. Kale McCarr with three points. So 
things got back on track. So you like to see that you played a horrible game uh, in terms of, you know, what the score ended up being. How do you bounce back from that? And I, I thought that's that that's what I took away from this. And that's what you want to see from a, like a championship caliber team. So it's, now, now you got to continue. You don't want to keep doing that. You don't want to say, hey, we just played a good game. Now we're just going to keep continue. That'll just happen because we're so good. Um, and then against Seattle, you, you know, throw up a goose egg. You don't want that. It's a good look at what potentially could be a Stanley Cup final. That would be a fun one. Definitely a fun one. Super fast. Wow, that would be good. Uh, but what are you expecting for this game against the Seattle Kraken? Uh, we've moved on already from, from last year. We got that first win against them, you know, early on in the season. So we're playing them two more times within the next week. Good Lord. All right. Uh, what are we expecting from this game? We're going to get to that coming up next. Right now we are going to hear from Parkview and Parkview advance, excuse me. And as a business owner, you realize there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital from $5,000 to $1.5 million. Parkview Advance can approve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. It's a much easier process than you might imagine, and we invite the many entrepreneurs that are locked on NHL and locked on Avalanche fans to learn more by calling Parkview Advance at 203-675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com. And if your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance, helping businesses with their working capital. Once again, go to parkviewadvance.com. All right. Uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, for making this your first listen of the day. That is obviously always appreciated. We will be back uh, tomorrow, obviously, to talk about this very game, Seattle Kraken and the Colorado Avalanche. I think a lot of people are feeling like or maybe wanting this to be like the new rivalry for the Avalanche. I'm not there yet. And I think this happens a lot when, you know, you have uh, playoff matchups. You know, those those doesn't matter the series. Those are always, you know, rock them, sock them robots. And then the team that kicks you out, you just dislike them. I don't think the Avalanche and the Kraken are there. I think that, you know, whatever happened, happened. They've moved on. It's over with. It's a whole new season. But I will say, like, you know, the Kraken, there's how we always said, like, there's just some teams that match up well. Um, I think this is one of those teams. And they showed it. The, the score was 4-1, to one, I think, in the first game. But it was a lot closer game than that. So what are we expecting here today between uh, the Avs and, and Seattle? Yeah, and that's you know that's a great point. And you know, as you were saying that, I really haven't given much thought to it. But I, you know, I might put Seattle up there in that rival spot. Like, let's just be honest here. Like, the opponent after the Seattle game is St. Louis, mm-hmm. and that those games don't like they're gritty, they're physical. But that rivalry feels kind of like the Detroit rivalry. It it's just not as pungent as it used to be. Which one with with St. Louis? St. Louis, like uh, I mean, those are division rivals. Those are always going to be there, and if it, if both teams are like how the Avalanche and Dallas are right now, like that, when you see those two teams play, just because there's a lot more riding on it, you're going to feel like that's more of a rivalry right now than it will be for St. Louis and Colorado. But that doesn't mean St. Louis and Colorado are not going to be going at each other's throats. They absolutely. And- 
I like Seattle because like Burkowski's over there. You get to see Belmar again. Like there, that's where the former Avs go to mm-hmm. retire. Um, <laughs> so it, I mean, Don Skoy is he's our first. So. He did retire, yeah. So it's, it, I mean, it's nice. I enjoy those games, and honestly, with how this game shapes up, like the Devils game was great. That's wonderful, magical. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a sh- it wasn't a shutout. You did what you had to do. Do the avalanche take a breath and say, pat each other on the back and say, all right, this is now we're cooking. (laughs) No. Or you would want to see the avalanche step it up just a little bit more. There's a vast difference between the devils and the Kraken when it comes to talent and where they're sitting in the season. It would be. Yeah. Do the avalanche keep pushing or is this another frustrating game? No. No, like I, I don't think they're built that way. I think they they know what they just went through, and I mean, look look what they they had the back to back shutouts on the road, and then they came back and won, and then after that they got shut out again. So I don't think they're gonna have this mindset of like, oh, we won, we've righted the ship. They know they need to have more consistency. So I don't, I don't, and I don't think Jared Bednar would allow them to really kind of like take a back seat. Um, no, and, and that's what and that's what I'm hoping and wanting out of this team, like. You know, everything that you put together against New Jersey, turn it up to 11 because that's louder than 10 and really crank it up against Seattle. Yeah. Um, Minutes before we recorded here, the Seattle Times put out Jordan Eberle uh, was taken to the hospital for an MRI for suffering a deep skate blade cut to the leg in practice. So, and I think that was in Denver where they were, was uh, practicing in Denver. So, um, I think they called up Shane Wright because of that. So, oh, they, wow. that, that, was, that was a call up and people were wondering why. And then after that, this came out. So, I mean, with with the state of, you know, hockey right now and, and, and cuts and stuff like that, you know, this seems like, you know, it, it's on his leg. But it's still a quote deep uh, skate blade, so you, you obviously hope the guy's okay. But I think people, when this stuff happens, people are watching this a little bit close, more closely now. Obviously, so he won't be there for that game against uh, the Avalanche. Obviously, so hope he's okay. Um, other than that, so you mentioned former Avalanche players playing for Seattle. Uh, one of those guys, obviously, is Philip Grubauer. Never and- heard of him. He he's been splitting time, um, with uh, apologies if I'm not pronouncing his last name because I'm not too familiar with it's either Joey Decord or or Dacord. I don't know where the emphasis is on the syllable in his last name, but um, masterfully done. <laughs> he he they basically been splitting time. Grubauer has seven. Decord has six games played, um, and and. I I was listening to a couple couple hockey shows, thinking like Grubauer might have lost this this starting role, or they might just split more time to see maybe who takes control of it. And it doesn't seem like it's like it's Grubauer right now. So I don't know who's going to start for Seattle, but either way, that seems to be maybe a little bit of an issue on their end right now. That uh, the Seattle Kraken have a lot of issues, and it again, it's one of those back to the Yorgiev comments. Mm-hmm. It, it's nice to have a, a goalie that you can rely on night in and night out because everything in front of the goalie kind of falls apart. And you can look at Seattle where you're, 
you really don't know what you have in goal. Like you, you you're seeing what's going on at Edmonton right now when it comes to goalies. Nightmare. Like that's the first place that you look to. Like as long as your goalie is solid, you can mm-hmm. build off that, and the defense works off that. And then once the defense is solid, then you can work with your forwards. Like if if Grubauer is not. I mean, which I anticipate him starting against the Avalanche because that's typically how it goes. Mm. Because you could have that Grubauer gets his former team conversation. That's always fun. Yeah. But he really needs, and that's something the Avalanche need to look out for. He really needs a win like this against a team like this. So you expect Seattle to be on their best, but everybody knows how to get at Grubauer. And you get out early, get out often, and pun intended, let an avalanche of goals on him, and then you got this game. As far as uh, forwards go, you always hear people saying how you know Seattle is a, a deep team. They are, and they, they like they they roll out four lines, but at what cost? And you look at the the stats for their their forwards, even their defensemen. Throw all of them in there. Um, there's not a guy in this team that's a point per game player. Jane Schwartz leads the team. Uh, they've had 13 games played, and he leads the team with 11. That's not like horrible. I'm not saying, you know, that, that's close, but you don't have any on your team that's a point per game player. So that's the problem with Seattle is where does the scoring come from? Um, Maddie Beneers is struggling. Yeah. So he's got a little bit of sophomore slump going right now. He doesn't have a single goal. He's got six assists. That's obviously all his points. And he's a minus 12, which is far and away the worst on the team. So when he's out on the ice, take note, because whatever the reason is, he's goals are happening against Seattle when he's out on the ice. So, um, yeah, there, there's a little bit of a sophomore slump for him. And Seattle just is not off to the start that people expected them to be. I think just because they made the playoffs last year, people were thinking like, oh, they'll just get better. And they haven't. They're not horrible right now. What, what's their? I think they're in like they're right behind Anaheim. They're four, six, and three for uh, eleven points. But they've lost their last two. They're streaky. Um, they they opened the season losing four, and they finally won one. One loss, one lost two, one two, and then lost the last two. And those last two that they lost, Calgary. In Arizona. So you just have no clue what you're getting from this team right now. And you mentioned the Kraken can roll four lines, and that's great. You should. You're an NHL team. The Avalanche roll three top lines, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Like lines one through three for the Avalanche could be line two, and line three could be a top line for the bottom 15 teams in the league. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's nice that the Kraken can have – talent where they can roll out four lines but it's not vegas Uh, their quality is it's what the avalanche are built for games like this that they can really just hammer it on teams like this and like to rely on guys like vince dunn for like your defensive quarterbacking it's 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 not enough and i really feel bad for seattle because it was such a cinderella story for their their playoff run last year and to see them follow it up with a a start like they are having expect them to be big time dealers at the deadline trying to put this team together to Mm -hmm. give some kind of output for the playoffs but this is one the avalanche need to take because this is 
this is one that is primed for the avalanche to make a statement they can't let this one through their fingers uh people on subtext chiming in vargar four to three win in overtime does he like overtime games i feel like I, every every one that he's thrown out there has been an overtime win he loves that bonus hockey. <laughs> uh both teams should be up for the game seattle has been disappointing so far but they shouldn't be taken lightly uh, i think the uh, special teams gets the job done in the end i just hope georgie continues to get his groove back because the season hangs on him. So that's what uh, Vargar's thinking. James, I really want Nachuskin to get one tonight. It would be nice to see him get something. Um, and on Seattle, no less. Yeah, I think there's always going to be some sort of connection between those two. Um, I think it would be a fun game to watch. Lots of back and forth with either a lot of goals or ending with very little goals. Toeing the line there, James. You're either saying there's a lot of goals or not a lot of goals. It can only it go could be a little. It could be a lot. <laughs> it could be the best jersey in hockey. So <laughs> one of them. Got to admit. Uh, Madam Battleaxe says five to two Avalanche. So that one's not going to go to overtime. No, I, I've, I'm I'm leaning towards Madam Battleaxe. That okay. five two feels right about where it should be. All right. Said so the top line is going to give a good show. She can feel it. I think three goals will come from the top line. Colton is growing on me as long as he's not suspended, which we know he is not. Uh, I think he'll get another goal. Mm. Ride that wave on LOC. She's calling it now. It's due for another shorthanded goal. You heard it here first. All right. If that happens, all the credit goes to Madam Battleaxe. Uh, and Easton, three to two, Kraken. I give Easton credit. I, I like that. I like that. I mean, the Avalanche can't win them all. So Easton is uh, he, hes feeling this is a cracking win, and he says the Avs goals come by way of Lekkonen and Nico Rantanen. So I see what you're hey. doing, Easton. Hey. I, and Groove Hour would get a shootout, right? I mean, a shutout. I get yeah. it. I see what you're doing. <laughs> so, Galaxy uh, Green. There you go. So if you want to be part of that, subtext link is down in the show notes. Sign up. Uh, yeah, and we'll get your, your predictions on each game. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today, everybody. So we'll be back tomorrow to talk about this one. Hopefully an avalanche win. Uh, we'll see what's in the cards. So he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. Thank you for tuning in and making the Lockdown Avalanche your first listen of the day. Enjoy the game, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go.